God, we, uh, we do ask that you would pour out your spirit on us. Um, that you would pour out your spirit in our world. that we might um, know your kingdom come, that your justice and your righteousness might, might be an experienced reality um, for those who don't experience it now due to our sin and our brokenness. So come, God, and change us, we pray. Um, we ask that as we consider your word um, from the Gospel of Matthew, that um, it would be a means of your grace for us, um, that we might change and grow um, and be formed um, like your son. So may the words of my mouth, our mouths, the meditations of our hearts be pleasing unto you um, as we open ourselves up to you through your scriptures. Amen. Amen. Sometimes you get up to preach and you're preparing all week and you're looking at things and you're like understanding what's, what's going on in a passage and you just feel like a big fraud. Um, true confessions of a preacher. Um, today could be close to that. Um, it's a challenging uh, passage. And um, I think I'm at a place where if I can just acknowledge that to all of you. There's no expert in the room here. Um, but, but there is someone who's um, worked with this and believes, wants to believe this and live this. And we need each other's help, I think, in, in doing it. Um, our prayer today is, uh, the, the passage is right before um, our scripture for this morning that we're going to look at. And so keep that in mind. Um, who is the greatest? They asked Jesus. This child, this humble one. Um, Jesus then goes on and says, beware, don't put a stumbling block in front of this humble one, this little one. Um, and then he tells a story about a hundred sheep and a shepherd. It's really an unwise move that this shepherd makes because one sheep, I mean, he's still got 99 left. One sheep runs off and it says the shepherd goes to that one. It's not smart. It's not practical. It's not economic. There's something else going on. And we get to this passage. Here's what I want to do. I'm going to read it. Um, I don't want it up there. If the, oh, I, I have control of that. Okay. I'm going to read this passage. I want you to hear it. Hear it um, from the, the lips of, of Jesus, hopefully. Not me, but, but these are Jesus' words. Um, Matthew chapter 18 Verse 15 through 23. Notice what stands out to you. Notice what you feel when you hear this. If another member of the church sins against you, go and point out the fault when the two of you are alone. If the member listens to you, you've regained that one. But if you're not listened to, Take one or two others along with you so that every word may be confirmed by the evidence of two or three witnesses. If the member refuses to listen to them, 
tell it to the church. And if the offender um, refuses to even listen to the church, let such a one be to you as a Gentile and a tax collector. Truly, I tell you, whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven, and whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. Again, truly, I tell you, if two of you agree on earth about anything you ask, it will be done for you by my Father in heaven. For where two or three are gathered in my name, I am there among them. Then Peter came and said to him, Lord, if another member of the church sins against me, how often should I forgive? As many as seven times? Jesus said to him, not seven times, but I tell you, 77 times. This is the word of the Lord. Turn to someone right next to you. First thought when you hear this. First emotion, first feeling. It's going to be quick. Go. All right, let's come back together. Huh? I was honest this morning. How many of you just turned to the person next to you and said, hey, by the way, you've offended me and we need to talk about it? Anybody? Um, if so, you can leave. Um, maybe not, actually. No. Um, real quick, what, what come, came to mind? Um, first thought, feelings. Deborah, did you have your hand up? Yeah. Yeah. You have hit the 77. All right, cool. <laughs> yeah. What's your name, too? My name is Rob. Rob. Thank you. Others? Yeah, Scott, and then we'll come here. Yeah. <laughs> we noticed how uh, he says, treat them like the Gentiles and tax collectors, but yet those are the people in the Jewish religion, right? You're drawn to as well. Yeah. Who's a tax collector? Matthew. The one writing this, right? <laughs> yeah. So good. Oh, okay, cool. 
The Spirit is among us. Yeah. Others, anybody else? Oh, yeah, Anthony. Great question. I'm not going to give a quick answer right now. <laughs> but we need to sit with that. That's good. Yeah, Heather. a tricky passage for some who've experienced it maybe in funky ways. Yeah, yeah. A um, couple images that helped me this week as I was thinking about this. Um, I was watching the, the news about Irma last week and um, one of the reporters, and I saw him do this a couple of different times, so he was just very excited about this, I think. But he was one of the meteorologists and he would show a graph um, or a picture of the storm. And in the middle was the eye, right, of the storm. And there was these, like, black marks in the eye of the storm. And a couple of times, this one meteorologist pointed out to everyone how those were birds in the graph of the storm. And that somehow birds, when storms come, instinctually fly through the storm towards what is crazy and chaotic because they know they need to get to the eye where it's actually um, safe. Um, and I thought, conflict feels like that. What we're reading feels like that. It's counterintuitive um, to dive into conflict. It's, it's not, we're not, for me, not for Everybody, for, for me, and I think I'm not alone. Um, it, it was an image. 9-11 um, was, was remembered a lot over the last couple of weeks. And I was hearing someone reflect on that. And the first responders were described by one reporter as the people who went the wrong way. Um, the people who went towards the destruction, but in going the wrong way, they were doing the right thing. Um, and I thought those are some helpful images for me when I'm considering engaging in conflict of any kind of um, way. A bird that flies towards the eye of the storm. Um, first responders who do the right thing by going the wrong way. Um, and so, if nothing else, let's hold those images as we kind of look at what does it mean for us to, to we saying like we're not going to study war anymore, which amen, you know, but that means we got to study something, right? <laughs> I, I think this might be it, right? Um, this is how we avoid war, is we engage in, in conflict. Um, and I don't have to name all the things going on that make this, this important. Um, North Korea, um, Jason Stockley and Lamar Smith. DACA, 
today in Starbucks as I finished things up, someone asked another person, so do you think I need to have ammunition on me right now? Fortunately, the person said no, but um, <laughs> this is real. This is the real, like I heard it this morning um, in Starbucks. So um, to be human is to have differences. To be human wholesomely is to process those differences um, through loving dialogue and conversation. Not void of emotion, not void of honesty, not void of being real about boundaries and, and, and abuse, but, but to have loving and honest dialogue about these things. And friendships require it. Marriages depend on it. Church communities survive or don't um, by our willingness to try to get better and better at this. Um, neighbors, neighboring, um, this comes into play. We've got a live one right now. Um, Matthew 15, a couple weeks ago, Erin uh, talked about Matthew 15, and she, she helped us remember, put the first things first, and you get the second things. But if you focus on the second things, you sometimes miss the first and the second things. And she was exploring this passage where um, Jesus is, is kind of calling out the Pharisees. So that's kind of live as we head into this passage. And then the next week we looked at the story of how the papacy started, um, if you remember. And Peter is, proclaims Jesus the Messiah of the new kingdom. Jesus tells him you're the rock, hands in the keys of the kingdom, and tells him you're going to bind and loose. And that's what we read about today. So at the kind of the, the crux of the church, the beginning of the church, um, is this, this idea of binding and loosing. And then last week we explored um, the transfiguration. And we had all kinds of... Anyways, there's that, that there too. Um, Galatians 6 gets at this and says... Paul writes, My friends, if anyone is detected in a transgression, you have received the Spirit. You who have received the Spirit should restore such a one in a spirit of gentleness. This gets at Heather's concern, I think. Um, Take care that you yourselves are not tempted. Bear one another's burdens, and in this way you'll fulfill the law of Christ. Um, Henry Nouwen says, In true community we are windows constantly offering each other new views on the mystery of God's presence in our lives. And I think doing conflict well opens that reality up. It's not easy. It's not like, oh, this is so fun. We're going to open up mysteries into God you know, as we do this conflict with each other. Um, but I think if we do it, that can happen. Um, I've experienced that. I can witness to that. It, it, it can happen. Um, and so we get to the passage uh, that we read. Um, there's a couple of objectives, I think, going on in this passage. And uh, that's what I want us to just think about here briefly this morning. One is um, the objective of forgiveness in terms of restoring to community. That the posture of Jesus' teaching here, it started with a story of a crazy shepherd who leaves all the 99 to go and get the one. Um, the posture of our doing conflict, of not studying war anymore, is to restore to community. It's not to win, it's not to shame, <laughs> it's not to defend the church. It's not to like hold up to some kind of leadership um, strategy or, or ideal. The, the 
purpose of our doing um, conflict, it seems, according to Jesus, is to restore to community. Um, and so, in verse 15, it says, if another member of the church sins against you, go and point that out when the two of you are alone. No shame, right? Respect their dignity. Um, go to them when the two of you are alone. And if the member listens to you, you have regained that one. In the end, it says um, that where two or three are gathered, this word there is like the word we use for like symphony or harmony. Um, where two or three are gathered in my name, I'm there among them. Um, the hope is restoration to community. That's why we go through this process. But the process entails things much different than what we normally, how we normally operate. It's not stuffing things. Right? It's not um, just overlooking things. Um, Robert, right? Is that what your name? Robert, you said, right? Did I get it right? Yeah, okay. That's, I think, you know, the beginnings of what you were getting at. Um, this process doesn't include avoidance. Um, but it includes go to someone um, with a spirit of gentleness, like Galatians says, um, and share that with them your heart. Share with them what's going on. You did this. You said this. Um, you did this to this person and I saw it and I just want you to know this is how that was experienced. Um, in my experience, sometimes you go to that person, they will be very open to listen to you and you will realize oops, I think I'm the one who's off here. And I think we need to be open to that because the point is restoration to community for all who are, who are involved. Um, reconciliation, forgiveness, not to be done too quickly like our prayer suggested today. It takes listening um, on all parties with hope towards towards movement forward. If that doesn't work, take a couple of people, presumably people you love and trust and respect, um, and talk with them, again, for their restoration. This is, now you're into like shame, potential shame territory, right? We got to be careful. Um, choosing those people um, to go with you and to with them. With, who are the ones that can bring what we need, which is restoration? Not who are the ones that can help me win, that who, who can help me be right, right? Who, who, who think what I think, but who can bring the restoration that we need? I think an important pot thing or location for us to remember in this too is like, what happens when you're the one that someone comes to and says, so-and-so hurt me? So-and-so did this. So-and-so thinks this. Can you believe it? I think there's instruction here for us when we're in that spot too. Is our first response, you know, again, empathetic. We all need friends to run things by. We all need to be able to kind of verbally, well, maybe not all of us. Some of us need to be able to verbally process a little bit, you know, before we kind of feel good about 
what we're doing. This is not like wooden here. But when someone comes to us, is our first response, hey, have you talked to him? I can't, I can't talk to him. I, I, I'm not that kind of bird. I can't get through the storm to the eye of the, the, eye of the hurricane. Like, I can't, I can't be the first responder. It's too hard. Okay, can we go together? Um, but let's go talk to them. Um, whether, no matter which spot we're in, I think there's instruction for us here. Um, and then ultimately, Jesus encourages Tell it to the church, a broader group. For us, I, I was trying to imagine what that would look like, you know, a communion gathering. And again, not with a, hey, I need to be right, they need to be wrong, but with a, hey, we're really struggling on how to move forward in the community. We need your help. Diaconal is there for this kind of thing, the pastoral team, communion gatherings, friendships. I don't think we need to be real kind of focused so long as we all know there are people to go to to move through this. Um, and then Scott got at what I just lately have, have really appreciated about this passage. Like, let that one be as you treat a Gentile or a tax collector, writes Matthew, the tax collector who was welcomed in. Um, but also I think we have to be real that sometimes for the sake of the little ones, for the sake of the children, like because we live in a, a broken world, sometimes thing, people go different paths. And I don't, I don't think that's ever the goal. I don't think that's ever the hope. And I think God goes with us even when that happens. And I think that needs to be said. Um, there's, a, there's a number of steps we got to work through. We don't need to get to that quickly at all. I think that's the point of this whole teaching. But I think we'd be amiss to, to not recognize we're not, we're not in the kingdom come yet. And there may be points where we have to go, God, we... We did the best we could. Um, so there's that objective. The second objective beyond restitution to community is binding and loosing or a path towards hope. Whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. Whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. And we have to be quick here, but basically this. Oftentimes our conflict, when done well, provide um, moral discernment. They provide a path forward that could never have been seen if you didn't do the conflict that you did. Does that make sense? Um, by listening to one another, you're able to see, whoa, my path is kind of here. Yours is over there, but I think there's one here that we can both get on. You hurt me because you said this or did this and you want to, you can bind like, yeah, I can see that and I'm not going to do that again. You can bind, you can make an oath with somebody. I'm not going to do that again because now I see that. 
But I want you to know, like, when I was doing that, this is actually what I was getting at or meaning. And then the person who's hurt can look and go, oh, really? If I would have known, I don't know if I would have felt it that way. I want to loose you to that behavior, but maybe on this different path. Does that make sense? Is that too up here? Does that make sense? Okay, amen. Feedback, come on. <laughs> Binding and loosing. Um, making oaths and setting each other free. Um, you do this in parenting all the time. Probably not the best place to do spit walks, right? Um, but I want to loose you to do them over here because it's fun. And you do it with your uncle, you know, or whatever. Um, real story. Um, um, another officer acquitted um, who, who shot um, an African-American man back in 2011. I thought about... Um, African-American brothers and sisters within our body, within the church, Catholic. Um, thought about Black Lives Matter um, as I read through this over and over. I want to invite us to, to, to consider, might Black Lives Matter groups naming these atrocities? Might they be our brothers and sisters who are coming to, people, to me and saying, I'm offended. And might my posture need to be, oh, I got to listen to this. And in a state like ours that leans left, there's, a, there's, a, there's an easy listen there. Oh, yes, I'm a progressive liberal, yes. There's an easy listen, but I think this gospel is calling for a much deeper listen. We've got to be open to our brothers and sisters coming to us. That may be the hardest position to be in. Is when brothers and sisters... I mean, going against the storm is hard. Like, engaging the conflict. It's so easy to get reactive when someone comes to you saying, Hey, you've offended me. It's so easy to just want to justify your actions. Um, September 29th, we're going to have some students from Fuller who are coming here to do something called Listen Los Angeles, which is an art, music um, presentation, I guess. Um, but I want to invite us to come, to invite friends who need to, to kind of sit in that spot of this process, um, just to listen to our brothers and sisters who are saying, hey, I've been offended. But maybe even deeper, guys, is how we do it in, in this community. How do we, how do we, and our busyness rails against this, and our busyness oftentimes is out of, frankly, not even our choosing. Um, this is hard, tricky, complex stuff. But, how, and when I say busyness, like church busyness, but like 
life busyness, culture busyness, you know, economic need busyness, right? Um, but how do we do it here? When, when someone comes, we can hear it, we can listen towards restoration to community, <clears throat> towards path forward and hope. All right, I hear that. Because nobody, nobody is shut out in this conversation. Nobody's silenced in the, what Jesus is, in, is, is suggesting or commanding of us. Um, and we got to be able to do it. Um, and we have done it. And I can witness to it. Um, maybe if someone's sitting here going, yeah, I've done that. Maybe that's a story of participation that could be shared, um, if anybody's willing. Of we have done this kind of thing. And we just need to, it's a good reminder. Um, one of the things that, that's kind of in the air is uh, as, we, as we figure this out together, and, and we don't have anything done, but like FOMO, right, is in the air. Can I say that? You guys know what FOMO is? You can laugh, but this is real. Fear of missing out in our community. Right? So-and-so got together and did this. It was on Facebook, right? How come I wasn't invited to that? So-and-so had a birthday party, or so-and-so had a dinner, or so-and-so had a trip, or so-and-so had a whatever. And you're going... When it's abstract, it's like, come on, that's dumb. Like, get over it, right? But then when it, like, happens, you're like, ugh. It's abstract, it's dumb, but it hurts right in here, you know? Um, and we don't have a way forward yet on that. Like, in a, in a community like ours, that's, um, there's enough people where if someone wants to throw a little get-together in their house, guess what? We can't all fit there. <laughs> um, but this is, I think, a live one. It's a, and I just want to name it so we can all kind of like be openly thinking about it, right? Or the, is the laughter amens or what? No? Yeah? <laughs> yeah, okay. parks, right? And then the introvert's like, I just want to have a couple people over to my house, you know, like for some deep conversation. We got to come to each other. Oh, I would have liked that. Yeah, my house doesn't hold 20 people. Um, oh, let's, let's figure out a path forward. Um, might be some hard conversations in that. But those... Those can be navigated too. Um, why? And this is what I'm going to close with. And this is why we come to the table. Why do we even do this? Why does Jesus teach this? Um, sometimes the structure of the scriptures can help us. And I would just say as they walk in, one of the reasons we do conflict is not just so that like we're psychologically healthy or like we don't walk around with broken relationships. I mean, that's important. 
But one of the reasons we do conflict is for the little ones. The humble ones among us. And the reality that each of us will be a little one or a humble one in this body at some point or another. And if we don't do the work that we need, the reconciliation that we need, there's people in this body that won't receive what they need um, because we're so wrapped up in our broken relationships and our, our conflict. Um, this is kind of how this, this, our passage lies right in the middle of welcoming children, stumbling blocks to those who are marginalized, divorce, um, and it's surrounded by the story of a merciful king and a, a relentless shepherd who comes after us, who grants us mercy and asks us to do the same. Um, our meal today is an embodiment of this. Jesus, who is our shepherd, our good shepherd, our relentless shepherd, was with his disciples who would de deny him and betray him. And he gave thanks and he took the bread and he broke it. And he said, this is my body that is broken for you. And likewise, after supper, he took the cup of the new covenant and said, this is my blood that is shed for you. And as often as you eat this bread or drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death. And when you proclaim the Lord's death, you're proclaiming a life Giving up from yourself. Doing conflict requires that. Um, it requires honesty and truth-telling. Um, this is not idealism we're talking about here. Um, but it does require giving up of ourselves. Um, and we're fed today so that we can do that good work. Um, that the kingdom of God might be um, experienced. Uh, among us. Living God, take these, um, these gifts from you. Um, your son, your body, your blood. God, use them to fill us. Give us courage when we need courage through your, your body. Give us wisdom and grace and listening ears. Take even this, this teaching and use it as we go um, as a means of your grace for us. So by your spirit, God, come, um, fall upon us as we take um, and celebrate this meal together. And it's in the name of Christ that we pray. Amen. Amen.